we were in negotiations for investing in real estate. They're winning, they're making money. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Educators Podcast, where we provide the education you can build on. I am your host, Kevin Amalsh. We are having an absolute blast interviewing real estate educators. We're helping real estate investors and people that are creating content and marketing to real estate investors. So whether you're trying to get real estate investor clients or you are an investor, this is the podcast for you. I have a super, super special guest with me today, Zach. Excited to talk to you, man, because you have a ton of experience. I know you started the rent to retirement. I want to hear a lot more about that. You got a portfolio. Sounds like kind of all across the country. And I know you're an expert because you've been quoted in a, a bunch of the big publications, right? Forbes, I think, you see it, uh, Fox News, Veteran Affairs, USA Today, NBC, CBS, all the big ones. So I, I thought I was cool, man. I got I got on Yahoo Real Estate and they quoted me on that. And I was like, dude, I freaking made it big. But here you are, man. You got it. You got it all over the place. So let's hear your story. What's up, man? Yeah, Kevin, thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Love what you guys are doing. And I'm excited to participate and, uh, you know, jump on today. So yeah, just I'll try to make my story brief because I can be long winded on this. I have a background, as many people do, having nothing to do with real estate. So I have a background in healthcare. My wife and I are optometrists by education. Uh, you know, went to eight years of professional school. I was on Air Force scholarship. So as I joined the Air Force as a captain for seven years after that, practiced optometry and then moved out to Colorado, which is where we still live, did private practice and eventually retired from that whole career path through real estate. But I started investing. I got the bug, I guess, as many people do, you know, cliche reading rich dad, poor dad, right? Yeah, but it, exactly. it's, it's so true. I mean, but I took action on that completely changed my mindset. And I read a ton of other books and I started investing in real estate. I liked real estate because it was a tangible asset, right? Like it was simple math. I'm a simple person, Kevin, and it just made sense to me. So first house I bought as a young captain in the Air Force was a duplex, lived in half, running out the other half. Absolutely loved it, clicked with me. Then we started to buy more and more properties every single year. This is about 15 years ago when we bought that first property. That's one thing I tell people every single year since that first property, we buy more and more, more and more real estate. There was a pivotal moment for my wife and I when that really like changed the trajectory of our, of our lives, really. Uh, but certainly our our investing path. And that is when we learned how to strategically invest out of state and start opening, broadening our investing horizons in different areas where, hey, we realized, let's uh, you know, there's other markets out there beyond our own backyard that might have better opportunity, better cash flow, better returns. Maybe we should explore some of those markets. And so we started to build our diversified portfolio and it wasn't easy, right? We went through a lot of challenges through that. Eventually, we we're able to replace our active income, both of us doctors, investing in rental real estate through our passive income that caught a lot of people's attention. They're like, Hey, we see what you're doing. That's great. We want to like, can you, can you help us? Can you show us how to do this? Can we give you money? Can we invest with you? Like just show us what you're doing. And so that was the foundation of our company that we own today and operate, which is rent to retirement. We're the nation's leading turnkey investment company, meaning we identify the best markets throughout the country. We build our local teams there and we either build or rehab houses, lease and manage them for investors. So you can easily come in and buy properties and have access to, you know, some of the best markets in the U.S. So fast forward, we're at today, we're across 12 different markets. We do about a thousand doors and consistently just, you know, growing, loving real estate and loving helping people do the same thing. You guys are killing it. So we, we're a pretty small, hard money lending company. And we do like, I thought it was a lot, actually. We're doing like 220-ish deals a year. So you're telling me a thousand deals that's very impressive, Zach. Yeah, thank you. I mean, we, we didn't start there, right? I mean, you know, but it's it's grown over time just as we have more demand. 
from, from people. I mean, we've needed to have inventory to offer them. And about, I didn't mention this, but about probably 60 to 65% of those are brand new construction. So actually we do a lot of ground up construction, build to rent, especially in growth markets in the Southeast, like Texas, Florida, Alabama, Carolinas. These are areas where the population's moving. There's a shortage of housing. This is where you can come in and have a brand new built house, probably with some equity even initially, but it's positive cash flow. But it's in a growth market. There's, we're still seeing double digit appreciation, both in home values and rents. In these type of growth markets, we like to be in the path of progress. But yeah, we're big, uh, very heavy in the build to rent space, more so than anything right now. I want to get into some nuggets here that you could help our listeners with. I know we got a hard stop here. So I want to try to get as much information out of you as I possibly can. So I tell a very quick story here. I was doing some turnkey stuff and I was buying properties in Memphis, Tennessee. And and I, I had a, a nice little portfolio going, cash flowing great. But I ended up with one property, Zach. And it was well, one property that was a terrible deal. I paid about $30,000 for it. And it was supposed to rent for seven hundred. The problem was it was in a tougher part of the, the area. Okay. And next door, if you've ever seen that movie Friday and you know how they just like don't work and they hang out on the porch with the whatever it is in the brown paper bag, you know what I'm talking about. They're drinking their malt liquor. And this was like a real live Friday next door. So the gang members were next door. And so anytime we would show a proper, the property to a tenant or a buyer or anything, it would just crushed the value. And that's something I couldn't see going into a market that I didn't understand. So help me understand, how do we know we're being safe and when we're investing out of state? And how do I identify a market that's a good one to go into? Yeah, Kevin, that's, uh, I mean, that's such a typical experience of a lot of people that have had the first forte into investing in turnkey real estate or out of state because I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of people in this industry in this business just like any business that you know can do a poor rehab right like put lipstick on a pig or sell an investor a promise and something like numbers on paper like that house on paper that's over you know two times rent uh, price ratio right I mean that thing should be if it if it performed like it was supposed to like you anticipated it'd be a cash flow cow but it's you know knowing you know not not being there to actually go through and see it and go through the normal due diligence i mean this this is just such a common scenario right and so sometimes turnkey has a bad rap because of people just having that same exact experience right out-of-state investors that don't really know what they're buying first and foremost we're very intentional on where where we invest and we don't do any low-income areas not there's some people that build great business models doing section eight and things like that that's not us we like predictability Average house price is probably in the Midwest in areas like Missouri, Indiana. We do work in Memphis as well. Tennessee or Missouri, Ohio, uh, Indiana. Those are our main markets in the Midwest. Average house price is one hundred fifty thousand. Right, so that's like a typical workhouse class, you know, B class type of property, not not low income like what I would call your property, maybe an F class in that area. Is but, there such thing as F? Yeah, I think that, that, uh, that would definitely. I, I think you made yeah you qual <laughs> you you created that category, and then the build to rent stuff. Those are like A class areas, right? Those are three four hundred thousand dollars where you get quality tenants. Tenants have to afford a three thousand dollar a month and just trust someone and not go through appropriate due diligence. And it, I don't know, did you buy? Do you use leverage on that, or do you buy the house cash? No, I bought that one cash. Yeah, so I mean, and you could buy stuff cash, right? But I mean. If you are, you have to, you actually have to go through, you have to be more scrutinizing going through the due diligence. We always require people to have third-party inspections, appraisals, you know, title work, as well as educate yourself. Now you can fly out to the areas. Most of our investors don't. And I actually don't think that's a necessary thing, but if you're not going to fly out there and see the house in, in person before you buy it, then 
go make sure that you know you have some way to verify what that area is. We always provide information for people on neighborhood statistics because part of this is not just buying property. It's educating you through the process. So we have resources like Neighborhood Scout. Bright Investor is a partner that we have extensive uh, neighborhood uh, information. So it's all about education. Turnkey can be a great way for you to grow and scale your portfolio to get started, to invest out of state, tap in different markets. But there's certainly a right and a wrong way to do it. And the first thing you need to do is identify what your criteria is. But yeah, $30,000 property. I mean, you know, that's that sounds like it's probably a low income area, right? So I don't know yeah. if I gave some nuggets of knowledge or not there, but. You know, that was that was good. And and to finish that story up, I ended up selling that thing for 11000 So you can see how that worked out for me. Um, so I recommend people invest in their own backyard. And I will typically recommend that they manage their own property out of the gate. Um, I know that's not a popular opinion, but I like the idea of knowing what it takes to manage property because and you know this better than any of us. Like you, when you, even when you hire a property manager, you got to manage the manager, right? So you need to, I think you need to sort of understand what you're doing um, before you get involved. So uh, my opinion, I know you might not agree with that because you're the turnkey guy, but what do you think? You know, it depends on your goals, right? Do, do I think you have to start locally? I, I don't think you do. You know, some people actually, Kevin, maybe, maybe can't, right? Because maybe their backyard, the average house price is a million dollars. That's and, a fair point. Yep. And they're low in, and they're low income. Their $30,000 property is actually 300,000 um, in that market. So it depends on where you're at, but I think there's, there is not, there's no problem with starting in your backyard. That's how I started. That's how a lot of people start. Right. And I did self-manage my properties. I wasn't like when I was just doing it myself, I mean, I was not a good property manager, you know, I was actually too, I think too friendly with the tenants and then they took advantage of that. Right. And so it's like, we're, we're all guilty of that sometimes, but uh, there is certainly no problem with self-managing and starting locally, if that's what fits your goals. I think that's the most important thing, right? Is to actually determine what fits your goals. But as you grow and scale, more than likely, it makes sense to at least consider looking at other markets. And probably your time is more valuable than self-managing as you as you grow your portfolio. You know what I mean? So building a business and investing in real estate, which make no mistake, you are, um, you know, you need to think about hiring the right people in, right, to, to operate your business. And management is one of those key people. It's probably the most important per person to hire in for success long term. And yeah, man, I mean, it's that's a whole different game, right? For sometimes you go through 20 bad property managers to find a good one. And it's a challenge. Yeah, I've I've had I've had mixed experience for sure. Now I have a property manager manage all my condos. Um, I have a little condo portfolio. It's all in, in Denver. I, I, for the most part, I own everything in, in the Denver area. But I did that, Zach, because I was getting so many freaking phone calls from tenants complaining about neighbors, which I don't even own those units. Like, there's literally nothing I could do. So I was like, the, between the HOA and complaining about the neighbors, it's like, let's just have a management company do that. So I still manage all my single family detached stuff, but all my attached stuff I've outsourced. And I'm actually really enjoying that. So maybe I'll move it all over. Who knows? But that's where we are yeah. with that now. So I want to hear more about this build to rent because this has been all over the news. We know it's a big, hot topic, although my understanding is it's slowed down significantly. I don't know if that's cost of construction, limited land. Like, tell me about the build to rent. Like, what are you doing? Where are you doing it? And is it still profitable? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I mentioned previously, this is the majority of what we do now. And I just, we've, we've transitioned over to, I mean, build to rent has so much more upside long-term. The The challenge is, you know, it's, it's higher price points, right? So the pros of build to rent and build to rent is where you're buying a brand new built house 
uh, it's going to be a rental, right? It's it's as simple as that. So you can buy them from builders, right? You can do, buy them from turnkey providers like our, like us who who do the same thing, build constructions intentionally to rent them in areas that we know have rental demand. You can do ground up construction yourself if that's something that's like spec building. You know, obviously that has more more involvement and risk with that. But um, build to rent, I think, is really um, taking over the nation a lot because of the supply and de demand discrepancy, right? There's a, there's a housing crisis in this country in many places and construction because some of the er the reasons that you mentioned, supply chain, you know, access to, to capital, access to materials, uh, volatile lending times. There's all sorts of reasons that cause construction to be extremely slow. Some of our, it's, it's an, it is a nightmare right now, like permitting. There was, a, there was a point in time in Southwest Florida where permitting took 18 months just to get a permit. And it was just crazy. I mean, unreal, you know, um, anyways, I digress the, uh, but the point is, is that you can be very profitable with new construction um, and have a very predictable investment portfolio, doing it right and investing in the right areas. We like to be in areas where there's a huge, huge demand. And because construction is so slow, that demand is only getting greater. And we want to be in those areas where we know we're going to have quality or a strong rental demand, as well as appreciations over time with rent and home prices. Some of our best markets that we operate in, Southwest Florida. So this would be like Lehigh Acres, Fort Myers, Cape Coral, Port Charlotte, Northport. Um, we build in Central Florida, like Polk County, right, right outside of Orlando, Southwest of Orlando, Central Florida and Ocala. Um, build around Pensacola. We work in areas around Huntsville in Alabama, Huntsville and Birmingham, and then also on the on the coast, Gulf Shores and in Mobile. We work in uh, different areas of Texas where there's demand. We even have some short-term rentals. Mainly, now, we mainly do single-family and small multifamily, but we also like to be below the median house price point. I think that's a key thing. You know, almost two years ago, 18 months ago, when the Fed started to aggressively raise the interest rates, you know, the more, most aggressive they've done in 40, 40 years, you know, we've had a lot of, it was a challenging time, right? Because a lot of builders had loans that were coming due and things like this. We saw buyer demand settle a little bit, although things have stayed relatively stable, all things considered over the past 18 months. But uh, what we, the point I'm getting at is what we found is that, you know, there's, there's actually more opportunity working with the individual investors right now, because what happened is a lot of institutional buyers, which we did sell a portion of properties to over time and packages who basically scoop up portfolios of single family, and then they package it together to private equity and sell it to another group, right? Over time, and you never see those houses on the market again. Like, it was hard to compete with them for, for the individual investor. Well, they've backed off a lot. And so what that what that has allowed is a lot of buying opportunity for the, the average individual investor, where you can come in and, and buy in these same areas that these institutional buyers would probably negotiate, have a little bit more negotiation. There's more inventory availability right now. For example, Kevin, on an over the past 20 years, average, all the home, pro all the uh, houses for sale in the market were, it used to be about an average of 10% be new construction. Right now we're seeing 30%. So that's tripled. That means because a lot of the institutional buyers have pulled the brakes. So this means there's a lot of access to inventory and builders are being pretty aggressive on, you know, price reductions or buying rates down, offering seller financing. You know, we we have builder partners that will do a three percent seller finance loan on interest only for a few years, or you know, you can buy investment properties with five percent down. Not we're not talking about living in them. There's a lot of opportunity, but the main point is new construction when done right in a right area, you usually have better quality tenants, 
less vacancy, more predictability, no maintenance the first year and less maintenance. It's very predictable. And if you're in the right area where you're below the median house price point, so the buyers don't fluctuate too much, which is below 430,000, there's a lot of demand for resale buyers and, and tenants. And we've been extremely successful in that area where you still can cash flow, but still achieve you know appreciation in rents and home prices over time. This episode is brought to you by Pine Financial Group. Pine Financial is a private lender specializing in short-term rehab lending to real estate investors. Got a property that needs some love? We can help. We are able to offer funding solutions because we raise private money from individual investors. With more than 15 years of experience, Pine offers passive investors an alternative that provides stability, consistency, and security to your portfolio. If you like real estate but want to avoid the ups and downs and effort, a Pine Mortgage Fund could be a perfect fit for you. Accredited investors will experience an 8% preferred return and profit sharing. Diversify your portfolio out of Wall Street and into Main Street with a Pine Financial Group Mortgage Fund. Get more information at pinefinancialgroup.com. That's pinefinancialgroup.com. Just to clarify, you want to be below median but above a class C property. So you're you're trying to find a little sweet spot in there. Yeah, typically this is market dependent, but if the average home price across the country is 430,000 or whatever it was, it was last week when I looked. But this is also national actually metrics mean nothing to me. I always look right. at the the geographic areas. But like let's take Southwest Florida for example. Average house price point is probably 3 390 400,000. So if you can build and be into a house for say 300, 320, four bedroom, two bath, 1800 square foot house, you're going to have the largest pool of tenants and potential home buyers. You know, as, as interest rates fluctuate, especially going up dramatically, like we've seen, you know, it's, it's the houses that are above that house price point that moves those higher buyers, their affordability down to those houses, right? If someone was looking at a $600,000 house, now maybe they're a $400,000 house buyer. But that's that's where you see the most sustainability and where we have the the most demand. Okay, sounds smart. So you're being very specific on your market, so your selection of markets and your product type. So it sounds like you got this dialed in. I want to talk a little bit about the economy quickly. I don't want to get into too much detail here, but you started and you said 15 years ago at the very beginning. And so that's right, pretty much the best time to buy ever. I mean, in the history of everness, we haven't seen interest rates low with prices as low and rents as high as they were in that time. That was the trifecta. We'll never see that again. So you have not seen a real true recession sink in because you got in right at the perfect time, it sounds like. So what are you seeing now and how is that impacting your business? Yeah, and I'll say this too, coming out of Every market cycle is different, right? We can we can never go look back and hit. Now we can learn from history, but we can never truly look back and just compare because every market and economy and politics, everything will be different always. And it's always changing. And so, you know, sometimes I, I always tell investors, at least our investors, like invest for the fundamentals and just kind of ignore a lot of the noise. Now that doesn't mean mindlessly go out and buy, just buy wherever, but like the fundamentals of real estate will always stay true. Certainly, I mean, it, I was not unaware of, the housing crisis and things that are the, you know, the great recession in 2008, I was in, you know, professional school at that time, but like my parents lost their house. Right. So I, there was a, there was something that uh, resonated with me there. You know, I, I remember the, the chaos that happened in the 05 to 07 period of time with how people were qualifying for loans. Now, even though we weren't personally investing, I would say just out of 
just timing in my life is when we decided to start investing, not because of where the market was. I had no idea of like the big picture of things like that was in a kind of all time low. We can bought in like the bottom of the market. Right. But I mean, just so, so I guess chance would have it, but we only bought a few rentals in that time, but we bought them for cash flow, Right. And this is when I was stationed in North Dakota and that market is not a crazy investment market, right? It's a slow and steady market where, you know, quite frankly, they didn't, they weren't hit huge from, you know, the great recession and they didn't have crazy appreciation in long term either. So we've always invested for fundamentals and that served us well. And now we're hyper conscious of where there is just, just supply and demand. If you go back to economics 101, but to answer your question on where we think, you know, we're at economically right now, I mean, just so happens to be like this week, I don't know when this podcast will come out, but you know. You know, Jerome Powell just came out and basically stated the plan for next year, which surprise, surprise, at least at least they were saying that rates aren't going up anymore is what the intention is. And we plan to have drops next year. Now, we probably anticipated this for over a year now, but we just came off this huge interest rate increase time. But we've also not had this had really dramatic decrease in prices. Right. I mean, inventory has been all time low. People talk about stagnation right now. And I think that's very relevant you know, because people are not selling their houses if they have this all-time low interest rate. That's also still not going to change. But we, I, I anticipate, Kevin, that we'll have a lot of buyers jump back into the market that have been sitting on the sidelines. Often these are the newer, newer novice investors, which is the majority of the investor pool. I think I heard a stat the other day of like there's 80 million. Was it? Yeah, I wrote it down during one of or is it 80 million? I, I don't know. I, I'll butcher this, but let me say this. 80% of the rental properties in the nation are owned by investors that have one to two, one to two properties. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I know. I don't know if that's the exact stat, but it's, you're very close. So point is vast majority of investment properties are owned by the investors that are not like full-time professional investors. We've been very active buying this entire time. Because we realized during these past two years, because we realized there's less competition. This is a good buying opportunity. I want to own properties when other investors start to jump in that are sitting on the sidelines over this next year, because then it's going to be, you know, a feeding frenzy. We're likely going to see more competition and some probably an increase in, you know, in appreciation again. And and I don't know, we'll see. But certainly the inventory's still been low for for a long time. And I just think that's gonna be coupled with more buyer activity. But we always, like I said in the beginning, we always buy real estate, no matter what the market cycle is. We find deals that work for us. And a lot of this is a tax play. We run cost segs on everything we buy and offset our active in business income. So there's that aspect too. Yeah, I would love to get into that. I don't think we're going to have time. We might have to have you back on and get into the cost seg, especially on single family houses, because you don't hear that too often. But I would love to, I guess where I'm going with this is the the news is telling us that housing is actually there's some deflation in housing. So we're, we're so worried about inflation. And I know that housing inflation now is around 6% and that's contributing, the housing inflation contributes about 40% to the overall CPI, right? So what I'm hearing is that rent is actually in a deflationary stage, like maybe down a percent or something like that. We have So if if that's true and we have high interest rates, how does that impact your clients, your buyers, your cash flow. Yeah. And this is, uh, I, I kind of briefly made a statement previously about we don't pay attention to national statistics. And I, I honestly don't think anyone really should. It's everything is market dependent. And this is especially true right now, more so than probably ever, ever before. The markets that we focus on are still seeing strong appreciation, both in rents and, and home prices. And that just goes back to supply and demand. 
certainly there's some areas that had a was, were probably overinflated, hyperinflated, let's say, over the past few years. And and you know, they they needed to have a correction because that was unsustainable, right? There's some markets that appreciated like 300 percent over since 2020, right? And and rents too. There's an affordability issue. We've even seen the government come in and talk about rent controls, you know, and statewide in some of these areas. And so Man, you just got to be conscious about where you're investing. I would say, you know, some of those stats are certainly true. Uh, maybe in larger metropolitan coastal areas, a lot of the areas that we focus on, we're just simply not seeing that because there's a, a shortage of housing. And you know, if if you can be in the path of progress, I think you'll be okay. And again, in real estate is a long term investment, right? You're, what are you are you buying it to flip it today? Maybe, maybe you need to be conscious of that. You certainly should. And I know you work with a lot of home flippers and hard money, you know, lending them, but. We are long-term buy and hold investors with our portfolio. So we try to be in the areas where have they have consistent fundamentals and a strong economy. Yeah, much safer that way, by the way. <laughs> so uh, I know you, you're short on time here, man. And I, I really do think we should get back on if you're up for it. But before we close out, tell us about your podcast. What What is it? Like, what do you talk about? And are you personally or your company benefiting from hosting the podcast? Well, we benefit from being able to talk. Talk to clients, right? And then also like spread the word of what we're doing. We certainly get clients, you know, we we have influx of potential leads from from our podcast, but that's not our intention. Our goal with our podcast and our YouTube channel and all the stuff that we're putting out there is just to educate investors about all things real estate. We're a turnkey company. We sell turnkey products. We talk a lot about market analysis nationwide. We talk about creative financing options and just really, you know, tax structures and legal things, all the things that I think investors should and need to know to be successful long-term. Um, so that's stuff we just, you know, put out for anyone that's interested to listen. If anyone's interested to follow us on any of these channels or listen to the podcast, I think the website is the best place to go. That's just renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. And that'll give you all the, all the links to the socials and all, all the stuff. So. Yeah, rent to retirement. And I could trip you up. I think there's two T's in there, right? Yep. Yeah. Rent separate, to separate. It's a, it's a mouthful. I know, but you won't yeah, forget no, it's, it. It's great. It's great. <laughs> Love it. Cool, man. I know you're, this is your hard stop. We're hitting it right on time here, I think. Is there anything else you want to add? Any nuggets you could throw at us right before you jump off? You know, I would just say we were talking about the economy and, and things like this. I mean, guys, there's always something, right? I mean, you hear this all the time just about taking action, but I would encourage you, like, if you really are trying to build a successful portfolio or a business in real estate, you can be successful in any market. You just need to be in the right market. And if your market is not an area where you can be successful, don't be afraid to break into a different market. That was a pivotal moment for my wife and I to achieve this success that we had. And I'd encourage you to you know, go beyond your backyard when you're comfortable and when it fits your goals. Yeah, you sound like you know what you're doing. So if anybody's interested in looking at other like more passive investments, looking for turnkey type properties, be sure to check out Zach. You go to renttoretirement.com. Um, thank you so much for coming on the episode here today, Zach. I had a great time. I haven't talked to any turnkey guys yet. So this was this was good. I really enjoyed it. Kevin, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, awesome. And for the listeners, thank you so much for checking us out. Please leave us a five-star review. We would love that. I don't know why those are so hard to get. Just go ahead and give us a five-star review. Share it with a friend. And I hope you have a fantastic day. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you did, please be sure to follow and leave us a review. Oh, yeah. And tell a friend.